welcome to the Heavy Revy Show, a show where we share revelation that's going to help you grow in your relationship with God, your leadership, and your walk with others. Uh, super excited for you guys to hear today's message on how to hear God's voice. It's actually going to be a recording from uh, teaching I did at my uh, hometown back in uh, Casa Grande, Arizona. Um, I'm excited for you guys to just uh, stay tuned. So uh, we're going to go ahead and cut to the chase and dive right in. But it's with great pleasure that I bring up uh, my nephew, and and I'm proud to say that my brother loved me enough to to name him after me. Uh, but his name is Josue. Come on up. All right, awesome. Yep, that's my uncle Josue. Proud of that. I love that dude. That dude's amazing and. Uh, Man, uh, Fountains of Living Water, I just want to first just thank you guys. You guys have uh, done so much for me, and I appreciate y'all uh, just being a part of this church and just co- being able to call this home. Um, last time I came and uh, got to minister, you guys, uh, you know, shared um, some offerings with me, and I appreciate that. And that actually helped me with my podcast. I have a podcast called The Heavy Revy Show, and I was able to get some equipment for that and do some recordings and stuff like that. And, and I just thank you guys. Thank you guys so much because you're helping me further gospel in different areas. So appreciate you. All right. Well, today, uh, man, I'm going to try to keep it short and simple. Uh, but I love teaching on things that, you know, for me, when I was younger, I would view and I didn't understand. OK, so today we're going to talk about how to hear God's voice. OK, now. With a show of hands, if you guys can be honest, and who cares what your neighbor thinks, how many of you feel confident and you can raise your hand and say, yes, I know I hear God's voice? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you can feel like, I don't know, sometimes I think I do, sometimes I think I don't? How many, how many of you feel like that? Okay. How many of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, I don't hear God. Uh, I'm lost. I don't, I don't understand. It's okay. It's okay to feel that way too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, because I remember my dad as a little kid, being a pastor's kid, he would always tell me, oh, God said this. Oh, I feel God saying this. And I used to trip like, Dad, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I ain't never heard God. What do you mean you hear, you hear God? You know, because as a kid, you know, when, you, when you say hear, you think, God, you know, he's going to, you know, yell at you or give you something or, or speak to you, right? You're waiting for like an audible voice. And some people have heard that. That's awesome. I haven't yet. Okay. But how does God speak to us? You know, uh, being a youth pastor, one of the, one of the biggest things that I, I don't like in church is the Christianese that we can use, right? What, I, what is Christianese? Christianese is something where we say it so many times, it's so big, but we don't understand it. It's just a word that we just throw around in church, right? Like, you know, I was asking my youth group uh, a couple of months ago, what does righteousness mean, right? And so I asked my youth group this, and they're giving me different answers of what they think, Right? And one of them said the right answer I was looking for, the righteousness, it's being right standing with God. And I was like, boom, okay, that's, that's perfect, right? That's what we've been taught. But then I asked them, what does basketball mean? And everyone's like, basketball means life. Basketball's my friends. Basketball's, man, my, my family, dude. Basketball's fun. And I was like, man, it's interesting. When I asked you, what does righteousness mean? You gave me a definition. But when I asked you, what does basketball mean? You told me how it felt to you, Right? Because there's a huge difference when you know something or have an understanding or the definition of it versus you actually experiencing it and walking in it. So with righteousness, for me, what I was trying to get to them, yeah, we know righteousness means you're at right standing with God. But what does that mean to you? For me, what does it mean? Man, my, my, my family knew me in high school. I was 
dumb. And, I, you know, Uncle Josh, I let him tease me all the time because me and his boys, dude, we used to be stupid. Really stupid. Seriously, we used to do dumb things. But righteousness means to me now that, man, I can come before God without, you know, without a single fault. I can come before him confidently that he's not looking at me in judgment. Why? Because it's not on my righteousness, but on God's righteousness, right? So I want us to break this down on hearing God's voice. I want to, let's make it simple. Let's not make it, you know, too holier than thou. Let's so we can understand it, right? And walk in it. So uh, very first thing I want us to understand, okay, is that God desires to speak to his children. God's desire is to speak with you. When he made creation, when he first made creation, he, he created Adam, right? And he created him with that ability to talk with him. They walked together. The Bible says that they walked together. They communicated. They talked. That's beautiful, right? But then son changed. And let's see, let's go to Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 19. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And something changed. So Exodus 20, 19, it says, And they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God directly uh, speak directly to us, or we will die. Man, the children of Israel were so afraid of God and didn't know God's nature that they said, Moses, hey, you speak to the big man upstairs. We'll just chill down here. We'll listen to you, but we don't want to talk with him. Don't, don't have him directly talk to us. And so sometimes the church has adopted this where it's like, you know, pastor, you hear from God and you tell me what God says. Pastor, you do the study and you look in the word and you tell me what God says. And that's okay, that's a form and that's a way that God will speak to you, right? Ephesians uh, chapter 4, 11 says that the, the fivefold ministry, the you know, evangelist, prophet, apostles, uh, teachers, and pastors, they're a gift from God. You know, Anthony Furby, he taught an amazing message, I think it was last year, about the gift that keeps on giving. One of my favorites, Ant, you killed it. Um, but it's true, you know, your pastors and, your, and your, your teachers here, they're a gift from God, but, you know, they're a gift to bring you close to him. They're not a gift that pushes you away from God, where your dependency is fully on that pastor, teacher, minister, right? God doesn't want that. He wants you fully dependent on him, right? A relationship with him. And so sometimes the church has taken this and said, you know what, okay, you, pastor, you speak to God and tell me what he says, and I'll just listen to you. Guys, God wants to speak to you directly. Amen? Amen? He wants to have a relationship with you. I use this example when I first started teaching, and I, it, man, it just can't get away from me uh, because it helped me understand it, okay? So if I can borrow my mom and dad, come up here real quick. Man, I love them so much. My mom, she's awesome, beautiful. My dad, he always, you know, looking swaggish with his suit and rocking a T-shirt on. You know, he's breaking the mold, okay? But <laughs> what I love is this example, okay? So let's pretend they're not my mom and dad, all right? They're just Eli and Judah. Ooh, I said their names. All right, they're just Eli and Judah, okay? And Julia, oh, my bad, Julia. <laughs> and you and Julia, if we're going to go real names, but Eli and Judah. And so Eli really loves Judah. And Eli, he paid off my debt. I, I owed some people a lot of money, and he paid it off for me. I was in deep trouble, and he took care of me. 
I needed a lot of things and he provided for me. He was a good friend. He laid down his life for me. So in that life, for now, I will lay down my life for him because he loved me so much, right? But he tells me, Josue, I want you to tell Judah that I love her. Hey, Judah. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Mom. But hey, dad says that he loves you. Eli says that he loves you. And she's excited. You know, she's cool. That's, that's really cool. And this is Sunday, right? So Monday comes along and Eli tries to talk with Judah. Nothing. All right, what the heck? All right, Tuesday comes along, tries to talk with Judah. Nothing. Wednesday's coming up and he says, Josue, yes, tell Judah that I want to provide everything for her. Okay, I can tell you that. Judah, Eli said that he wants to give everything for you. He's going to pay off all your debt, anything. He wants to provide for you. She gets excited. Man, she's, she's singing. She's clapping. She's dancing. She's pumped. Thursday, he tries, nothing. Friday again, nothing. Saturday, again, nothing. Sunday, he talks to me, yes. Tell her that, you know, I got her a car. Dang, man, you know, he's going all out, all right? All right. Ma, uh, Judah. Eli, so weird calling my, my mom by her name. But Eli bought you a car. She's excited. Again, she's singing. She's telling her friends about it, right? Like, come on, y'all need to talk with Eli. He's going to get you a car. He's going he's gonna to love you. He's going to provide for you. She's pumped. Now, I chose Sunday and Wednesdays as examples because those are days that most people go to church, right? And a lot of times their pastor is talking with God. And God is telling your pastor, man, I, tell, tell them I want to do this for them. Tell them ah, I want to provide for them. Tell them how much I love them. Tell them I don't care about the mistakes. I don't care about nothing. Tell them I love them. And the pastor is sharing this awesome message. But then when Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday come, it's like, ah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not here to like judge anyone or condemn anyone or put anyone down. That's not my heart. Because you know what? God still shares that same message to your pastor to keep loving on you, telling, pointing you back to him, right? But how many of you know if this relationship continued like this, they would not be married and they wouldn't have me, right? Right? Because everyone knows no one likes the, you know, not that they don't like the messenger, but messenger's cool and all, but what makes the relationship is when they get together, right? Amen. But when they're talking, when they're communicating, when they have relationship, that's what makes the relationship strong. It's not the person who's speaking all the time, right? And so that's what I'm trying to paint for you guys is that God wants to speak directly to you. That he uses his, your, your pastor. And again, Anthony, you're so right. They're the gift that keeps on giving, praise God. But there's a story about a man who loved his son so much that he bought him a phone because he's like, man, I want to I be in connection with him. And that kid used that phone and totally didn't connect with his dad. How many of you know that's an abuse of the gift? Let's not abuse the gift that God has given us. Our teachers and pastors are meant to equip us, build us up. But they're really, they're meant to point us so we can have that relationship. So, and here's the thing. It doesn't have to be spooky. It doesn't have to be weird. It does not have to be weird or spooky. Sometimes, I, I don't know, like I just, you hear different people and they make Christianity or just relationship with God weird. It's not weird. Man, it's just a relationship. 
just as you see here, that's why God made marriage as an example to show you this is what me and you, me and you could be this, but you plan, right? He said, this is us. Amen? Thank you, guys. You guys have a seat. So God desires to speak to his children, okay? Now, second point is that God, or since you're a child of God, you can hear his voice. Now, with the show of hands, some of you felt very confident. Some of you are like, I don't know. And, and some said, ah. Thank you for the ones who are very honest and says, ah, you're tripping. I don't hear God. Thank you. Because I want to encourage you today that you may feel like you don't hear God, but, but I'm telling you, you do. You just don't know it. Okay? And so we're going to dive into that. Okay? Uh, let's open our Bibles to John. And we're going to look at verse 10. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. All right. And it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a shepfold, uh, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. Verse 2. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. Everyone say with me, the sheep recognize his voice. And come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. Look, guys, he loves you so much he knows your name. And leads them out. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. The sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Verse 15, going down some. It says, just as my father knows me, this is Jesus speaking, just as my father knows me, I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus saying, I lay everything down for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheep, uh, sheepfold. I must bring them. Also, they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. God knew that you guys were going to come into a relationship with Him. He, there's some sheep that may be lost out there that may not be with us, but God is even saying, even them, they hear and recognize my voice. One of the biggest things that like encouraged me, or like you know, is is my dad. He talks about this time where he ran away from the Lord. And he was into drugs. He was doing all this, you know, stupid stuff too, right? But yet he said, I would still recognize and hear God's voice. So even in, when we sin and mess up, you can still hear God's voice. Why? Because God is still speaking to you. He loves you. And even there, he wants a relationship with you. It doesn't matter if you're perfect or not. He wants a relationship with you. Amen. And then finally, verse 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Guys, the Bible tells us that if you are a part of his sheep, if you're a part of his family, that you hear my voice. That you hear God's voice. It's in you. Amen? Because you're a part of his family, you can hear his voice clearly. But we've allowed different things to distract us from it, or, ah, I don't understand it. But you can hear it. Amen. Now let's get into the nitty gritty. Well, how? How? Because, again, my dad used to tell me that all the time, man. I hear God saying this, right? I would hear Uncle Josh say, I hear God saying this. And I was like, man, I don't understand what you're saying. Right? Because I, I, I wouldn't hear like an audible voice. 
That's what I was looking for. But it's different because we're the same spirit with God, so God actually leads us. It's a leading in our hearts, a leading in our spirit. Because when, when a minister says most of the time that I heard God say this, he's not saying that he heard it in the sky, thus saith the Lord, right? No weird or anything like that. It's a tugging in their heart. It's that, that t- you know, my dad said earlier here, if you feel a tug in your heart to give, right? Give. It's through desire. It's through what your, your mind, when you renew your mind and the different thoughts that come to you. You know, Uncle Josh, this whole last couple of weeks, I've been talking about imagination, right? God speaks to you through that. He speaks to you, obviously, through his word. He speaks to you through your pastors, through your teachers, right? But it's through our leading. If we go to Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, we're going to start there, and we're going to continue down. And guys, I ain't going to lie, I am sweating like a dog up here. Colorado has, you know, spoiled me and pampered me. Thank you. I feel like T.D. Jakes, dude. Boom. <laughs> From the north, the south, the east, the west. North, the south, the east, the west. <laughs> that, dude, that dude get too hype for me, man. I love it, though. <laughs> All right. Romans 8, 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Verse 14, I have this underlined. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. It's a leading, right? So when someone says, I hear the, uh, this is what I'm hearing God say, it's a leading in your heart. You're being led, right? If you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, instead you receive God's Spirit when, you, when he adopted you as his own children, now we call him Abba Father, verse 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. There's a scripture in Matthew eleven eleven where Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And he's saying, man, there's, you know, you, in children's church, they talk about all these amazing Old Testament people like Moses, David, you know, Moses for freeing the Israelites or, you know, watching Prince of Egypt, him, him do all that cool stuff, right? You know, King David, you know, he kills the Goliath. He does all these cool things. But what's interesting is Jesus says that there's none greater than John the Baptist. Right? But then he says after that, he who is least in the kingdom will be greater than John. Now, I was thinking, like, God, why would, you know, because I'm thinking of us now. It's like, how are we greater than David? How are we greater than Moses? How are we greater than all these awesome Old Testament people? And he's saying it's the gift that you have inside of you. I'm like, well, what is that? It says here that his spirit joins with our spirit. We have the same spirit of Jesus Christ living on the inside of us. And so with that, there's a lead, that's why we have a leading in our heart. Back in the Old Testament, they didn't, the only way they heard God's voice was through a pastor. Was through a prophet, was through the king, you know, was through a messenger of God. What makes us greater and what makes us different than all of them in the past is that we hear from God 
but we can hear from God in our heart. That's what makes us special. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us so, so different. That's what makes us greater than, than any of those. Even if you're least in the kingdom, he says you're greater than all of them. Why? Because you hear God now directly in your heart. It's a leading. It's a guiding. And it's special. It's so cool. Amen? And so here are some ways that God may lead you. Uh, Romans, let's look at Romans chapter 14, uh, verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So everyone say with me, goodness, peace, joy. If you have a feeling in your heart to go towards something or not to do something, and it's, it's righteous, it's good, it's peace, and you have joy with it, you're good to go with it. That's God leading you. There was a time, man, at work, all right? I work at Andrew Womack Ministry. I, I work at his phone center, and um, I take care of a team. I have a team of people that I monitor the phone calls. I, I help build them up to take, take on some phone calls and stuff like that. And I remember that there was this one lady... Uh, she worked in another department. She was asking, you know, people for rides. And she was asking me for a ride. And for some reason on the inside, I was like, Ugh, I don't want to give this lady a ride. <laughs> and I was like, man, why am, I, why am I being like that? That's so messed up, right? You know, she, she's an older lady. I should help this person, right? But I kept feeling on the inside like, Ugh, like a cringe. Like, I don't want to help this lady. I ain't giving her a ride. So I told her, I was like, sorry, I can't. And, you know, she was a bold lady. She just said, well, why not? <laughs> I was like, I said, I don't know. I, I just can't, okay? And anyways, I went to go talk to one of my friends about it because I was like, man, that's, I, am, I, am I wrong? Am I messed up? And when I went to go talk to him about it, he was saying, dude, like, I'm so glad you didn't give her a ride because my wife said I couldn't give her rides anymore. This lady, what she was doing, she was, follow, uh, she was having young guys give her rides and she was trying to claim sexual assault on them without them even doing anything. And it's like, whoa, I almost gave this lady a ride. Holy mess, dude. That's messed up. But see, it was a leading in my heart, right? It wasn't anything, you know, there was no blood writing on the walls. There was no big audible voice booming, yelling at me, right? I, I, God, I don't know if he, he just wanted to speak directly to me, but he didn't send a prophet to me and prophesy over me. No, don't give her a ride. You know, no, it was just a, it was a feeling in my heart. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew I don't want to give this lady a ride. And I found out, man, I could have been in some deep stuff. What is that? That's hearing God's voice. And sometimes you have gotten that. Some of you may have gotten before, ooh, I should bring an umbrella today. And you don't, and you go outside and it starts raining, right? Have you guys ever had that? Something even as simple as that. We just, we just miss it like, oh, I should have brought the umbrella. Huh, silly me. Jinx, whatever, right? But no, that was God speaking to you. That was God trying to communicate with you. Amen? Again, it's not spooky. It's not weird. He leads us. Another, another moment. So peace, right? I remember, um, man, there was this one time that <coughs> my cousin Sarah, she wanted us to go to work at Andrew Womack Ministries. We were doing car detailing and uh, stuff like that and I was fine where I was at. I didn't really care, um, you know, where I worked, as long as I was making the money so I could pay for school, pay for rent, all that good stuff. And I remember she was, like, really encouraging me, like, dude, let's, let's go apply over here. 
And so I said, God, man, like, you know, is that, is that you? And I start feeling this peace to go for it. So, again, I follow that peace, and man, boom, now, now I'm, you know, working at the, the phone center, and I've promoted uh, up and different things, and I've got paid a lot more than what I've, if I would have stayed at this car detail place. Man, what is that? That's peace. That's a leading of God, right? That's his voice. That's him saying, hey, Osue, it's okay. Again, it do, we don't have to get weird about it. I just talked with him, felt that peace to go. I went, and man, I'm so glad I did because I've grown so much even working there. How to communicate, how to talk with people, how to lead a team, how to build a team, how to organize. And it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm so, so, so thankful that I followed that peace, right? So if it's good, if it brings you peace and it brings you joy, that may be God leading you, saying it's okay, go for it. Amen? There's another scripture in Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, God will fulfill the requirements or, excuse me, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Love. Uh, I think it's, uh, and I didn't put it up there for you guys, sorry. But it's uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1. It says, uh, let love be your highest goal. Man, even if when we follow after love, and we allow love to be our filter, that's a way of God leading you in that. You know, for me, there was a, there was a guy at, at school, very popular guy, very cool dude, and I felt this leading in my heart to tell him, you're not alone. And to me, I was like, that's dumb. You know, he's real popular. Why would I ever tell him that? You know, he hangs out with a lot of people. I mean, God, you need to tell me that I'm not alone, right? All I got is my cousin and a couple friends. Like, what is this, right? This guy has, you know, he knows everyone. And I kept getting this leading. Again, it wouldn't leave me. It's a thought. It was a, it was a pulling in my heart. Like, ah, oh, okay, fine. So I, I went up to him. I was like, hey, dude, I'm, you know, if I miss this, I'm sorry. But I just really felt like the Lord saying, you're not alone. And you never, and like, after I started speaking and started sharing and sharing, because it's, you know, who cares? I love God and I just love this person enough to tell him. And so as I began to talk, man, more words just began to come out. You're not alone. You've never been alone. And you've always thought you were alone. But God's saying, you're not looking outside the window. God says he's with you right now. And he started crying. He started weeping and bawling. And he just gave me a big old hug and just said, dude, God's been trying to tell me this, you know, all week. And I've just been like, oh, you know, I would be okay for a little bit. Then I would stop. I'd be okay for a little bit. Then I stop. And it's awesome because now every year of that day that I told him that, he comes by and he says, Josue, thank you for sharing that word. Thank you for telling me that because you changed my life. And to me, it was like, I was going to dismiss it. Like, ah, it's whatever. That's not God. Ah, that's, that's just me. And now he works at the college and he's recruiting people, right, to come to school. It's awesome. It's good, right? What? That's just a leading. I just did it through love. I let love be my highest goal. And when you finish that scripture, it says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. If you begin to let love be your highest goal and follow after that, the spiritual gifts will actually follow you. Are you guys hearing me? They will follow you. When you decide to just die to yourself and just... Say, hey, I love you enough. I love you more than myself that, you know what? I'm just going to come out here and make a fool of myself and speak and just encourage you. Man, the spiritual gifts will follow you. Amen? 
Again, it's not a spooky or weird thing. Hey, it's, it's, it's simple. Amen? And it'll follow you. It's easy. There's, there's no difference between me standing up here, the pastors, or any of that. You are all called and equipped to do God's work. Amen? That's for every one of us. Amen. So, man, praise the Lord. We are led. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, one last thing I want to share with you guys. Well, well, Josue, what if I'm not sure? What if I don't know? There's a different kind of audience. There are those, again, also who may say, I'm very confident. I know I hear God's voice. But there was times where I felt certain things or felt a tug and a nudge, and it wasn't God. So how do we decipher that? How do we test it? How do we come to understand and get more of that feel? You know, we can test the Word of God. Some people may say, well, that's doubt. You know, you don't have faith in that Word then. No, it's not. Let's look at John. And we're going to read uh, verse 5, and we're going to read verses 31 through 39. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, If I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony would not be valid. Who's speaking here? Jesus. Jesus said, if I testify of myself, my testimony would not be valid. That's crazy. Think about that. Jesus Christ, he said, guys, if I said I'm the son of God and I told you that and I, it was just me saying that, it would not be true. Okay. But verse 32, it says, but someone else is also testifying about me. And I assure you that everything he says about me is true. In fact, you sent investigators to listen to John the Baptist and his testimony about me was true. So here's Jesus. He te he's testifying of himself. He says, if it was just me, it wouldn't be true. But listen, it's not just me. John the Baptist said something. Verse 34. Of course, I need no need of human witnesses, but I say these things so you might be saved. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness, another witness, right? That John, my teachings and miracles, or I have a greater witness than John. My teachings and miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. So, he was a witness. John the Baptist is a witness. The miracles and teachings are a witness, right? The Father gave me these works to accomplish, so that it may prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified me. Father God is a witness, Right? You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your heart because you do not believe me, the one who sent, me, uh, sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. The scriptures even. Why, do, why am I sharing this? Jesus was okay to put his word that he was the son of God to test. Why? Because he said, if it was just me saying that, don't believe me. But hey, John the Baptist is a witness. Man, my works, my miracles and teaching are a witness. Man, God's a witness. 
The scriptures you read are a witness. What do I mean by that? So when I, when I was, again, that, that story of me switching jobs, it was a huge step for me because it was my first time, you know, living by myself, moving out. And I was comfortable where I was at. I didn't want to go work at Andrews Ministries and take phone calls. I was comfortable where I was at. I had fun. My, my job worked with me. They were cool. I loved it. Sarah said, pray about it. Let's do it. I prayed. I had peace. But not just that. The next day, you know, I went to school and I went to the restroom and some dude random, you know, it's weird, right? When the stalls are empty, I'm talking to the guy, stalls are all empty. You go to the restroom and another guy comes right next to you in the next stall. It's like, dude, there's other stalls. You can go to the other stall. But he ends up coming right next to me. He's like, all right, whatever, dude. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, hey, man, I never met this guy. He's like, hey, man, God got something better for you. And he's like, that's all I got, man. I, I, I don't know. I ain't got anything else. But I just keep hearing that. God got something better for you. You're, you're worried about something. And God says, he got something better. You, you just need to go. I was like, dang. He had no idea what I was praying about. He n- knew nothing of me. He just felt this leading. And, you know, in the restroom, the throne room of grace, I guess. I don't know. But he felt this leading, Right? And this confidence in me rose up. I remember calling my dad, Dad, I'm putting my two weeks in. My dad's like, hey, son, you don't even know if you got the job. You shouldn't do it. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But for me, I felt such a confidence in me. I knew it was God. I knew it was God because there was peace. There was a witness. Someone came to me and prophesied and spoke over my life. It confirmed what God was saying in my heart. And man, I put my two weeks in, dude. (laughs) And they didn't hire me after three weeks. But it's okay. They still hired me. I was still very confident because I knew God put in my heart that this was going to happen. And so I took that step of faith and just said, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to just put my two weeks in. That's me saying, God, I agree with you. I agree with this word. I'm going to step out and do it. And man, how it's changed my life working at that ministry. Changed it, changed it to a point where I just had enough connections where now at the very school that I went to, to to learn from, I'm able to teach now in some certain courses. That's cool. I would never have imagined to, to do such a thing of where like, man, now I'm like rubbing elbows with people who spoke directly into my life. That's cool. But what is it? It's just simply following after God and following his voice. Amen. Brothers and sisters, God loves you. He loves you so much. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to, if you miss it, it's okay. Talk to your pastors, man. They've missed it so much. They've gotten it right so many other times, though, too. They've gotten it right a lot more than they missed it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dang. I know that, that, came out, that came out funny, but... <laughs> What I'm trying to get at, guys, is we've all failed. No one has ever done it perfect. No one has ever done it perfect. Hearing God. Okay? God loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to speak directly to you. Fail, all that simply means is a first attempt in learning. It's an acronym, right? Fail, first attempt in learning. It's okay. This week, man, go go home after church and say, God, what are you saying to me right now? It's as simple as asking him. And he'll share something in your heart. If it lines up with the word, it's good. If it gives, if it's good, it brings you joy and it brings you peace, it's good. If it's with love, it's good. You can trust it. You can follow it. 
and be confident with it. Amen? Guys, he, he, he desires a huge relationship with you. Huge, huge relationship with you. He cares about you. And again, he just, it, it's good. He, he sends the messengers of God. He sends them to you to point them so that you can have a full relationship with him. They're not supposed to be everything you depend on or everything you look to. Amen? There are leaders, they lead us, and they're leading us in a charge to, man, just spread the word to the city. That's what they're here for. They're here to equip us, get us ready, so when we step out of here, we're here to be a blessing. Amen? Man, that's what God has made you for. Praise God. He loves you. Man, He loves you. And as uh, one of my friends have always told me, don't let a crackhead out-hustle you. You never heard a crackhead say, I don't have money, so I'm not going to smoke today, right? No, they make a way, they find it, they go for it, and they do it, right? Right? <laughs> let's, let's just be honest, right? They find a way, and they do it. Guys, God, we don't have to, we don't have to hustle that hard or work that hard at it. God's provided it for you, so all you have to do is just do it. Amen? 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 Amen. Guys, I love you guys. Friends and family, thank you for viewing this message. We hope this episode has inspired you. Please share it for others to hear. Remember, we are now on iTunes Podcast and Spotify, so check us out. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.